0: And we're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We have another clue for our very obscure quiz. So this morning you only get one prize if you get the answer to the quiz because I already have the answer. But you will get the ultimate bragging rights because this is a tough one.
1: This is hard. I'm not going to
0: lie. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there's a couple of things. uh, This clue is going to give you a couple of uh, areas within the Bible to start researching. Yeah. And you've got, let me see, how much time have you got? You've got uh, uh, about 40, 50 minutes to be able to find the answer.
1: Okay, who am I? The third clue is, in fear of Solomon, I clung to the horns of the altar, hoping he would spare my life.
0: Okay, so there's a couple of clues there that would help you on your research. First of all, you need to read the story of Solomon. Yep. Uh, It's not a long story. You can certainly read uh, everything the Bible has to say about Solomon's life story in the next uh, 40 minutes or so. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, That would be my recommendation And that would be a great way to start this day Just start this day in the Word of God Reading the story of Solomon And then of course at the end of it You will have the answer to the quiz And you'll have bragging rights If you wanted to search a little bit more specifically Then uh things to do with the altar and the horns and the altar might be worth researching. So there's a couple of research tips to help you on your way this morning.
1: Indeed. And if you want to win a prize <coughs> that doesn't involve quite as much research, you can dump across to YouTube and get one of the last 20 copies that we have of the wonderful cookbook nature's superfoods simply natural super healthy we have a we had a hundred of these to give away to the first 100 new subscribers to our youtube channel we're now down to the last 20 um so congratulations to all the other oh no 30 sorry 20 30 i can't count congratulations to the 70 that have subscribed No, yeah, 20. Um, 80 have subscribed and we now have only 20 left. So go to YouTube.com, search for Faith FM Australia, just subscribe there, click the subscribe button. And uh, at the end of this week, we'll be in touch with you. We have all the subscription uh, information. So we'll be contacting you through YouTube and sending out copies of Nature's Superfoods. It's a wonderful cookbook, goes over 28 different superfoods, giving recipes and information about each of them. And that's Super simple. Just YouTube.com and subscribe. I've got some super
0: anxious people who keep messaging me (laughs) because I promised them Monday. And then, of course, we had to extend it a little bit further. And so, um, yes.
1: We didn't. Ex- where we where didn't, about the, didn't extend anything. You jumped the gun and told everyone it would be Monday. It Was not Monday. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah, stay, stay, stay tuned. It's, it's, um, it's on its way. Relax, Everyone's yep. Keen baked beans to get one. Of cook- uh, do you know what? If I was it one of come. them, I'd be keen baked beans to get Absolutely. this cookbook as well because this cookbook is fabulous. And it when you really get the is cookbook, fabulous. a meal. That's
0: right. <laughs> 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 That's the
1: other little like T's and C's and the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> must cook meal from book
0: <laughs> for Lyle and Mon that's right there So might yeah. be somebody from like Port Hedland or somewhere that's kind of a long way
1: well maybe we should have put in the clause <laughs> like a meal and a ticket to get to your meal <laughs>
2: yeah. okay so yeah
1: so that's our two prizes uh, at the moment of course we have another giveaway at the end of the show but yeah jump onto YouTube, subscribe um, or figure out the answer to the
0: quiz okay Mon do you know what we're going to do now?
1: Uh, Is it the encounter with God segment that we do every morning at this time, Lyle? No. Oh, it's not? What are we doing? We're going to have prayer. Oh, amen.
0: Yeah. So, Katarina has uh, messaged in during the break and she said, I'm struggling to find peace and strength in my faith due to having to wait for more tests due in a week to determine... Uh, seriousness of initial findings. What Aww, can I do,
1: Katarina? Is one of our um, frequent listeners. Yeah, listeners.
0: so Katarina, we're gonna we're gonna take a moment to pray for you this morning, and um, and yeah, that that's a that's a we, we really feel for you today. So let's let's just let's just pray for a moment. Father, we pray that you'll be with Katerina in a very special way at this time to give her encouragement, to give her strength. You know she's had some tests, and you know she is suffering suffering some anxiety as she waits for results. We pray that you'll take away her anxiety, that you'll give her peace, that you'll take away her uh, her struggle and help her to relax, knowing that you have her best interests in heart, that you love her above all that she can even begin to imagine, and that you will always do what is best. For her, And so we entrust her into your your hands at this time and pray that your blessing will rest upon her. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. And if you're a listener and you would like to request some prayer, just give us a call here. Our number is 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Um, or you can text us 0491-064-669 and uh, just send it through your prayer request. We'd love to pray for our listeners.
0: Okay, so now we need to move on with our encounter with God, Mon, and we are in Acts chapter 2. We have uh, made a start on this, another important chapter in the Bible, dealing with the issue of unity. And, of course, Acts chapter 2, will start here in, uh, well, we read these passages yesterday, but we need to review them again. Verse 2, 3, and 4,
1: please. <clears throat> Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house, house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability.
0: Okay, Mon, uh, yes. do you know when the... We, 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 we briefly mentioned this yesterday. We're actually going to go back and have a more in-depth look at it today. Okay. And that is the first Pentecost. This is the second Pentecost.
1: Oh, uh, Okay, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: So let's go back. What What book of the Bible would we find the first one in?
1: The first Pentecost is, uh,
0: is it, uh, Exodus? Exodus yeah. would be a good place to go. Exodus chapter 19. And a lot of people miss this uh, important point is that uh, the word Pentecost, you know, it means 50th day. Mm-hmm. 50th day after what?
1: Mm, Passover. Passover.
0: Yep. Okay, so 50, what happened on the 50th day after Passover that it became so special and important that they had a festival called Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 19 and 20 sorry Exodus chapter 19 and 20 we find the answer to what actually took place and I want to look at some of the parallels between the two Pentecosts because the first Pentecost um, took place on a mountain um, why don't you start reading for us there Ac- Exodus chapter 19 uh, start reading for us in verse 16 maybe down to about verse 25.
1: On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed and a... So
0: this was the 50th day after the Passover, I should say, Uh, but the third day after um, God has announced his, his covenant.
1: Okay. Thunder roared and lightning flashed and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back down and warn the people not to break through the barriers to see the Lord, or they will die. Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so that the Lord does not break out and destroy them. But Lord Moses protested, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. You already warned us. You told me, Mark off a boundary all around the mountain to set it apart as holy. But the Lord said, Go down and bring Aaron back up with you. In the meantime, do not let the priests of the people break through to approach the Lord, or he will break out and destroy them. So the Lord went down to the people and told them what the Lord had said.
0: Okay, so there's a number of things that. Uh, well, okay, all right. Can you see some parallels between these two events? Obviously, very different events. But what are some of the parallels that there Yeah, might be? so you
1: have the, the Lord descending in the form of fire. So um, in this one he came down as fire and that's why they had all the smoke. And then in the uh, in the in the one in axe, they had little tongues of flame on everyone's head. So it's yeah, a fire yeah. parallel.
0: Yep. It's a fire parallel. What about sound?
1: Yeah, yes, uh, thunder.
0: Okay, so you've got thunder and lightning, and you've got uh, the sound of a great wind in both of them.
1: Yes, yeah. And then this one has a bit of Warring, earthquake thing rushing, going, a rushing, earthquake, yeah, and a shaky thing happening. The whole
0: house shook. So you've got earthquake, you've got wind, and you've got fire in both of them, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Now, there's some, also some differences because in the one in Exodus, the Pentecost in Exodus, you have God coming down, uh, whereas in the lead up to the one in Acts, you've got Jesus going
3: up. Mm hmm.
0: But you've got the Holy Spirit coming down, and the Holy Spirit, of course, is God. So, in some ways, you've got God coming down in both of them, don't you? So, yes, there's both that's a, right. a parallel and a contrast happening there. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that you know these two Pentecosts, and we often just when we talk about the Day of Pentecost, we only ever talk about the one in Acts. But it's important to remember that this was the second one, and the first one was the, all about the giving of God's law. Now, in just a moment, we're going to look at why the day of Pentecost is linked to the giving of God's law. What do these two things have in common with each other?
4: You're listening to Faith FM,
5: positively different radio.
0: Okay, so why is it that Jesus would decide... Uh, on this festival, which was a uh, celebration of the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, to use this particular festival, this particular occasion, as an occasion in which to pour out His Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we know that the disciples were well prepared for the pouring, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but why not the day before or the day after or some other uh, festival that God could have chosen? Why this particular one right here? What is the relationship, the connection between the Holy Spirit and the Ten Commandments? Mm. Mm. Mon's doing some puzzling. Okay, so if you're listening, I want you to do some puzzling on this. And if you've got some thoughts on it, some suggestions that you would like to make, then you know what our number is one 843 Give us a call. Let us know your thoughts on it, or shoot us a text message on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine.
1: Is it because the Holy Spirit teaches us, you know, to follow Ten Commandments? That's like the um. The sort of the, the not the signpost but the guidelines, basically. The guidelines, yeah. And this is
0: something we looked at yesterday as we were studying our encounter with God three functions of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Number one, the first function of the Holy Spirit is to teach us what is right. Now, what is right and what is truth, the foundation of everything right is found in the Ten Commandments. That's it, you know, it, it, it goes from there and expands from there but if you know the ten commandments if you follow the ten commandments that is your foundation of what is right and what is truth right there and and what is righteousness and purity and holiness it is defined there and what is love you know the ten commandments are all about you know loving god loving each other that's that they're all about love and so the first function of the holy spirit is to teach us righteousness which is defined in the ten commandments and so obviously the holy spirit is going to teach us the ten commandments
1: yeah Then
0: the Bible says that the second function of the Holy Spirit um, there in John chapter 16 is to guide us. Mm -hmm. And so as we are going through our life, we talked about the path or the journey of life yesterday and how that, you know, as we go through this life. You know, sometimes we get close to the edge or further away from the edge or whatever it might be. And the work of the Holy Spirit is to guide us so that we don't fall off the edge and say, Hey, you're getting close to the edge. Don't go over there. This is, this is not a good place to be. You know, be as far from the edge as you can possibly be. And so the Holy Spirit guides us. You know, and there are, there are many exits off the path of life, uh, very many well advertised and attractive exits. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to say, hey, you know, you might not want to take this particular exit right here. This is not such a great idea. And so we find that the Holy Spirit um, guides us through life. And then, of course, we found the third uh, function of the Holy Spirit was to uh, reprove us and rebuke us. So when we do take one of those false exits, it's to come to us and say, hey, pull a Yui right here because this is not a good path for you to be on. You need to turn around and you need to get back to where you're going to be on the right path. You need to, you know, to go to Jesus right now and to find forgiveness. All of these relate to the 10 commandments because the 10 commandments really in many ways is that path of life. It's that path of protection. That's where we find protection from pain and suffering and, you know, so many terrible things that take place in uh, in our world today. And the Ten Commandments is there like a wall. It's 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 there to protect us. And so the we walk along, we follow the Ten Commandments and the and, and the Holy Spirit says, you know, don't don't get too far away. Don't get far away from these. Don't turn away from these and guide us through it. So there's a connection between the Holy Spirit and the law of God. All right, so I had too much to say. Your turn. No, Mike. no, it's all good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the, I was just thinking that the the, um, the Ten Commandments are like they're like the hinge. Um, that where the Holy Spirit works from, works off of.
0: Mm, a hinge.
1: Yeah, it's like everything hinges on the Ten Commandments here.
0: Mm, that's an interesting analogy. I hadn't looked at it like that before. Yeah, yeah I like that. Okay, so let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. If you could share those verses with us, please, Mom, because this talks about the... Ten commandments in relationship to the Holy Spirit, and this is where we see the the connection between the two, the two of them really working together. Okay, uh, I'm on. Romans chapter eight, verse two, three, and four.
1: And because you belong to Him, the power of life giving Spirit has freed you. Sorry, because you belong to Him, the power of the life giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we have, we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so just that he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit.
0: Okay. Let me let me maybe um, I might read that from the um, from my old KJV here in a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some important points that we need to draw out of this particular passage. Here, the Bible is talking about the contrast between legalism and life in the Spirit. Yes, is what's it's all about. And so, let me just flick over there. I want to work my way through this. Um, passage, just so that we catch because some people get caught on this one. They're like, "Oh, does it? You know, what's what's it actually talking about right here?" But it's really actually quite simple. So, let me go uh, <laughs> Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Flicking over there, the Bible says, "For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death." So, it's not talking about the law of Moses. Just need to clarify that right there. Um, this is talking about the Ten Commandments. Uh, The law of Moses, of course, is what is referred to as the ceremonial law. And it is the Ten Commandments that says the wages of sin is death. if, if if Mm -hmm. If you've got a penalty, you have to have a law that's associated. It's impossible to have a penalty unless you have a law, and the Ten Commandments is that law because the Ten Commandments is the law that defines what sin is. So the Ten Commandments comes along and the Ten Commandments says, the wages of sin is death, you are all condemned to death. But here it says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from that. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Let's consider this for a moment, Mon. Yes. Are you able to keep the Ten Commandments on your own? No. No. We have all tried it and we have all failed miserably in a very short space of time.
1: Some of us can white knuckle it for quite some time.
0: Mm, How long? Yeah, not forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe 10 minutes. (laughs) Um, Let's not even go there. Let's not even try it. Uh, It's weak because of the flesh. Mm -hmm. So this is the weakness of the law. The law can't save us. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for the law to save us because of our weakness. If we had the strength to keep it, then, yeah, the law could save us, but we don't have the strength, and so it can't. So what happened? God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, and what did he do? He condemned sin in the flesh. What is sin?
1: Sin is a transgression of the law.
0: Is it possible to have sin without having a law? No. No, but absolutely. If there was no law against speeding, then it there would be, be no fine for speeding. You That's know, it's right. impossible to have sin without having a law. And so uh when we look at when we look at what the Bible says here, um, um you know, that Jesus was sent in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin condemned sin in the flesh. We find that God was able to do that. Jesus was able to do that because Jesus came down and kept the law of God. You know, it's mm-hmm. as simple as that. And then died for us, uh, paid the penalty. Why? So that the righteousness or the right doing of the law can be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after what? My Bible says the Spirit.
1: Yep, so does mine.
0: Yeah. And so it's the Holy Spirit that enables you to keep the law of God. Without a Holy Spirit in your life, it's impossible to keep the law of God. It's impossible to live a righteous life. It's impossible to follow Jesus as your example. That's totally impossible. All of that is impossible without the Holy Spirit in your life. And so this is the connection between the law and the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus who forgives you of your sins, forgives you of breaking the law of God, forgiveness that we need to experience every day. It is the Holy Spirit that changes your life, so that you now live a new life, and you gain freedom. You break free from that law of of sin and death that is that has you in its clutches, and that is just destroying you, and enables you to live a new life in Jesus Christ.
1: So this Pentecost thing sounds like a, actually a pretty good pretty good event. So why don't we still celebrate Pentecost?
0: Yeah, that, and that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that question. The Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Passover, um, these feasts pointed forward to future events. They were associated with sacrifices, sacrifices of the Lamb. And the sacrifices all pointed to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary. Now that event has already been fulfilled. Once that is fulfilled, there is no longer any need for sacrifices and you can't celebrate the event of Pentecost or Passover or whatever else it might be without the sacrifice Um, because the sacrifice was an integral part of what took place. The sacrifice has been fulfilled and so that's why we no longer keep these particular events. Die Listening to Indelible Grace. Abide with me here on Faith FM as we continue through our breakfast show. Okay, so we were talking about the day of Pentecost and we were talking about the uh, parallels between the first Pentecost and the second Pentecost. The first Pentecost was Mount Sinai, the second Pentecost was in the upper room. But before we get back to that very interesting Bible study, Mon has another clue for our obscure your quiz.
1: Yes, let me hit you with the fourth clue real quick. Who am I? I sought to steal the throne of Israel from David and Solomon.
0: Okay, so there was two coup attempts uh, against David, but there was only one coup attempt that was against both David and Solomon. Mm. Uh it should give you some area to research. if it's against both David and Solomon, then you're looking at the end of David's life and the early period of Solomon's reign. So that narrows it down a bit for you. Keep reading those passages from the uh, book of um, the books of Kings and Chronicles, and wherever the story of Solomon is. Mm-hmm. I always get the um, get those uh, mixed up. But um, they're yeah. in there somewhere, and Absolutely. then give us a
1: call one eight hundred Faith FM. You can get the prize today,
0: and major bragging rights for the most obscure quiz of the year. Mm. All right, so back to what we were talking about. We were talking about the connection between the Holy Spirit and the Day of Pentecost. What we're going to do now is we're going to continue on. Sorry, the, the connection between the, the Holy Spirit, the Day of Pentecost, and the giving of the Law, and we found that you know it is impossible to be able to keep the law of God and to live a righteous life without the Holy Spirit being a part of your life. What we're going to do now is go back to Acts chapter 2 and we're going to continue reading and look at the theme of unity as it comes out in this passage right here. God does some amazing things.
1: Acts chapter 2 and verse...
0: Uh, Where are we up to? I think we read verse 4. So um, (laughs) verse 5 on through. I'll tell you when to stop.
1: At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia. you've got me to read the little hard ones, haven't I you? I did. <laughs> Pamphylia, so Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, haha, <laughs> and Arabs. <laughs> Those poor cretins. (laughs) Those (laughs) are cretins. And we all heard these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men dream dreams.
0: We can stop there. We keep going on here forever. We get into uh, Peter's sermon right now. And it's going to be an amazing sermon. Okay, so here's here's one of the other parallels, the major parallels. Who is it that is speaking here?
1: This is Porter.
0: Peter. Peter. Um, and who else is speaking?
1: Um, God through the book of Joel.
0: Okay, God through the book of Joel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go back to, say, verse 4 and 5. Who is speaking?
1: 4 and 5. Everybody. Well, everybody was present in the in this upper room. The, the
0: everybody was present in the upper room, yeah. and what are they? What, what? How are they speaking?
1: They are speaking in tongues,
0: in other languages. Mm-hmm. The Bible says so. They're speaking in other languages, and the Bible lists fourteen different languages there that they speak in. Uh, which is quite a significant list, really, when you think about it. That's very impressive. I wish
1: I could speak 14 languages.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So is this something that, um, you know, they studied hard for those 10 days, learnt those languages, and you're like, (laughs) yep, let's go for it. Is that what happened? No. So how did they learn these languages?
1: It was a gift the Holy Spirit gave them when... um when the Holy spirit came upon them.
0: That's right. And this is the important thing right here. You know, because Paul, because some people think, oh, they're babbling on. They, they've gone, they're, they're drunk. There's something wrong with these people. But other people could understand what they were saying. It's like, no, they're not drunk. They're speaking in the language of Crete, or they are speaking in the language of Rome. You know, they might be speaking Latin, or they might be speaking the language of Spain. They're speaking Spanish, or whatever it might be um, Arabic. And so forth. So many different languages that are being spoken, and so people are like, "Yeah, no, this is not actually. These guys aren't drunk. These guys are speaking these different languages." Now that was a um, that was quite a you know a, a major uh, event to take mm-hmm, place, a mm-hmm. major miracle that is taking place right here. And so, as you mentioned a moment ago, Mon, it was actually very, very clear that what is happening here is that God is speaking. Yeah. Who was it that was speaking in the first Pentecost?
1: God as well. God is speaking. And so when you start to look at
0: these parallels between the two Pentecosts, in both Pentecosts you have an earthquake. In both Pentecosts you have a great wind. In both Pentecosts you have a great sound of roaring and rushing and, and so forth. In both Pentecosts you have fire. In both Pentecosts you have God coming down, and finally in both Pentecosts you have God speaking. speaking. Wow. Yep. And so this is how I mean, hey, imagine being there because mm. you know, Peter stands up to speak and this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter. You know, this is and, and, and this is this is this is what we should be, you know, aiming for every time we open the word of God. Absolutely. Is to come to it in prayer and say, God, speak through us. Speak through us with your words um, about all of this. Now, when it comes to uh, all of these different languages here, what would just, just list off a, a, a couple of the languages that it, that it mentions there. What are some of those languages?
1: Okay, so you had uh, Parthians, mm-hmm. Medes, Elamites, People from Mesopotamia. Wait, why are you making me read them out again? <laughs> people from Mesopotamia. <laughs>
0: no, nah, it's all right. It's okay. You can stop there. All right. See, um, we've just listed off, and I think it sort of goes a bit geographically there because Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and people from Mesopotamia all come from the same region. -hmm. Uh, They speak very different languages, but they come from the same region. And so, I think when uh, Luke wrote this down, he was like just sort of working his way around the map. There was people from here, 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 and then he. It says Judea
1: and Cappadocia. So Cappadocia wouldn't they be speaking Greek there? That's
0: Turkey and Cappadocia. Oh, Um, Judea, they would be speaking in. uh, There was uh, Hebrew was the language of education. Aramaic was the language that was used on the street.
1: And Pontus in the province of Asia, does that mean they were speaking like some sort of Asian language?
0: Yes, and so this was a time when there were many different dialects throughout this whole region. Of course, Greece was the uh, what do they call it, the, the, the lingua franca, franca or whatever it is, mm-hmm. the, the uh, the English of the ancient world, um, uh, the, the 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 language that everybody kind of spoke together. Um, but we have here this whole uh, situation where they're speaking known languages. And so some people use the day of Pentecost to argue that, you know, this is a time when God gave an unknown language, a babbling on, so to speak, um, a, a mystical language. Do you find this anywhere in the passage?
1: No, not at all.
0: This is the first time that the gift of languages is found anywhere in the Bible. And this is a really important point. It is a very, very poor Bible student who ignores the foundation of an experience to create something that is different from the foundation. The foundation of the gift of the Holy Spirit um, in relationship to languages was languages that people could use to fluently speak, something present the gospel useful. to people of other languages.
5: Into my heart, into my heart.
0: Welcome back everybody. That was 3ABN Music there with In The Sanctuary, a um, song that was actually commissioned by 3ABN who are our, one of our, uh, our sister radio station and uh, put together some years ago. Just a, a, a beautiful song.
1: It's a beautiful album. One of my all-time favorite
0: Yeah, albums. we have question of the day, Mon. What have we got for well, question of the day? Well, before we
1: do that, let me quickly sneak in the very last clue for our quiz. Who am I? My father is David and my name begins with the letter A. Give us a call if you know that answer. One eight hundred Faith FM. But for now, it is indeed Q of the day time. Today's Q, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Very excited to ask you this. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Hang on, my camera is not working. I need to video of this.
0: Oh, why is your camera not working?
1: Maybe because it's Tuesday. Ah, there we go.
0: Blame Lyle me Tuesday. Blaming. What, what? <laughs> I'm
1: is swearing a sin? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Is it in the Ten Commandments? Yes. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's the
0: go. Bible says, "Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain." The Bible says that that nobody will be held guiltless who takes the name of the Lord your God in vain. And some of the most popular swear words that we have today involve the name God or OMG, as you often see it uh, shortened to, or uh, Jesus. These are words that refer to, you know, the sovereign ruler, creator of the universe. They refer to the one who came and gave his life for you, and we use it. As a swear word, no, we use it as a blasphemous word. So yes, swearing is I wrong. I think
1: I'm going to give you a hard time about this one. Okay, because just in case you haven't noticed, most of the most popular swear words these days have nothing to do with OMG Probably the most uh,
0: popular. You got the OM- F
1: word. You got the S word. They're nothing to do with the name of Jesus. So I would
0: I would argue that uh, um, Omg is more common than the F word even, and used much more lightly. But since you brought it up, what about the F word, the S word, the C Etcetras. word, and those kinds of words? Uh-huh. All right. So let's uh, consider what the Bible says for a moment, and let's go to Luke chapter 6 and verse 45 where the Bible says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. In other words, he speaks those things that are good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart speaks those things which are evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. And so the way that we speak is actually a revelation of what we are like on the inside. Now, is this the kind of thing that Jesus would do? Would Jesus take you know, the most sacred, the most special, the most intimate act that he has given to us, an act that he gave to us, you know, before sin entered the world, you know, of of sexual intimacy and turn that into a derogatory swear word. Is this something that Jesus is going to do? You know, you can you can see here that this is Satan trying to destroy the image of God and man when we take the thing that is the most beautiful and turn it into something that is just a swear word and that is demeaning to the sexual act. It is demeaning to human beings who who participate in that sexual act and it just you know brings it down to the level of being you know a, 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 a curse word. you know when I think about this and I think about how uh, the sexual act has been lowered and demeaned so far and people have, have lost the specialness and the uniqueness and the preciousness of that. Um, and you've got this whole Me Too movement Where everybody's standing up And, and, and you know, um, talking against sexual abuse Which is a good thing to do We should be speaking against sexual abuse And at the same time They've got a potty mouth That's going off like a compressor With you know, the F word every three seconds And I'm thinking Well you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth here Because on one hand You're trying to make this precious and special And on the other hand You open your mouth And you just throw it in the dirt again How does that make any sense? This is my rant for the day, um, and then of course you've got um, you, you know other words like you know the the, the s word the s the, the c word we don't really need to go there. It really goes uh, along the same path. The Bible has so much to say about how we should speak. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter four and verse twenty nine. In fact, if I could have just a little bit more time here, I want to read some Bible verses for you. Ephesians chapter four and verse twenty nine. The Bible says, "Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth." Uh, but that which is good to the use of edifying that builds people up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We need to be speaking grace to the people that are listening to us in uh, or oh, James chapter 3. James chapter 3. There are so many good verses here. I don't even know where to start with them. James chapter 3, we'll go down to verse 9. Where the Bible says, uh, "Therewith we speaking about the mouth, we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we, you know, with that we curse men, which are made after the um, image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings, my brethren. These things should not be so. A Christian should not be blessing and cursing with the same mouth, because we are all made in the image of God." First Peter chapter three and verse ten. Uh, The Bible says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips from speaking guile Uh, One more real quick and we'll go to Philippians Ephesians, Philippians chapter four and verse eight. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's any praise, think on And speak about these things. We should speak like Jesus, not like the world.
1: Oh, very good. Thank you, Lyle. Really appreciate that. Uh, If you have any questions, you can give us a call here. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Send through your questions. You can also text them 0491-064-669. We really do love to get your questions and we love to answer them on air. Lyle, we have a couple of corkers coming up tomorrow and the day after. A couple of our our people on Instagram have been sending them through. So we look forward to answering those for you tomorrow.
0: Carly Fletcher with You Matter to Him and we have at the very last second by the skin of their teeth somebody answering the most obscure question of the year, the answer being Adonijah.
1: Yes, good job and uh, we'll be sending you the prize for that one, really impressed that someone got that quiz. Today we have a, a giveaway, Lyle. Be the first person to call now. Don't need to tell us any answers to anything other than your name and address and you will get a copy of a book called The Ultimate Race. No driver wins a championship on their own. Every race is a team effort um, sponsors create the car, provide finances and drum up publicity. A chief crew studies the overall situation, gives directions. To the pit crew fuels the car and changes the worn tires. A spotter prevents collisions by warning the driver of impending disasters. Life is actually a team effort. With Jesus as our sponsor, creator, chief and spotter, we'll know which turns to make and what pitfalls to avoid. Only the one who made us knows what is best for us and only he can steer us to the finish line and onward to victory. If you'd like to get a copy of The Ultimate Race by E.G. White, give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843.
3: I